The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. If you know the code, I said welcome twice. That means we have two special guests today. What's the talk on the street? Well, let's see what the buzz is today. Oh, my. We have a buzz from Yogi Berra, recently departed, lived from 1925 to 2015, American professional baseball catcher, manager, coach, played 19 seasons in major leagues, all but the last for the New York Yankees. Opening season, by the way, opening game was Monday night today. Is Where are we? The 12th of April. The, te- the 10th was opening night, yes, here in New York. Anyway, uh, he had a batting average of .285. He hit 358 home runs, 1,430 runs batted in, and one of only five players to win the American League Most Valuable Player Award three times, considering one of the greatest catchers. And he liked to move words in funny places. So here, here is his quote for the day. It was impossible to get a conversation going. Everybody was talking too much. Just let that sink in for a second. We're talking people and talk and conversation. And the key word is, in fact, conversation. So let me relate it to our topic today today. 2016, just last year, was a pivotal year for Global 2000 companies to align practical AI applications. Let me translate that. AI, artificial intelligence, practical AI applications, and embrace intelligent conversational technology. So think AI, think the magic word of the day is chatbots. So as enterprise text-based gurus sang the praises of conversational AI's potential, enterprises were listening. Their ears were open, their minds were open, and maybe most extensively their checkbooks were open. We're talking to companies all over the world today. You, I mean you, whether you're a startup, whether you're a small to mid-sized enterprise, whether you're a big behemoth, if you've heard of AI, great. If you're doing it, wonderful. If not, you can't stand on the sidelines much longer. It's here. So I will tell you that if you haven't entered the era of conversational AI yet, stick around for the next 50-plus minutes and learn how to get started and how to avoid the pitfalls or maybe the potholes along the way. We have two experts on the show today. They are no strangers to Game Changers Radio. I'm pleased to tell you who they are. First up in a moment, I'll be introducing you again to Gray Scott. He is the founder and CEO of SeriousWonder.com. He is one of our resident, non-resident futurists. Gray is going to be on two shows this week, I believe. He keeps popping up on panel discussions because he has such an interesting future view and worldview. Always very succinct, and we're delighted to have Gray back. And joining Gray on the panel today is Robin Kieran, also a repeat repeat customer, I was going to say, a repeat panelist. He's the Senior VP of Channels and Alliances at CORE, K-O-R-E. And when we introduce Robin, we'll have him tell us again 
again what CORE does. So let me get started with a wonderful quote Grace Scott has sent us from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Born in 1958, a youngin, Tyson is an American astrophysicist, cosmologist. I always want to spell that cosmetologist, Gray. I have to take that part out of the middle. Cosmologist, cosmos, author, and science communicator. He has been the Frederick P. Rose Director of the Hayden Planetarium at the Rose Center for Earth and Space in New York City. He, The center is part of the American Museum of Natural History, and Tyson founded the Department of Astrophysics in 1997, has been a researcher associate there. He's on TV all the time. Fascinating man. Here's the quote. Everything we do, every thought we've ever had is produced by the human brain, but exactly how it operates remains one of the biggest unsolved mysteries. And it seems the more we probe its secrets, the more surprises we find. Grace Scott, how are you? It's been what, two or three Um, weeks since we've spoken? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm going to be here all week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. What's the old phrase? You go to a diner and the waitress says, I'm, gonna, I'm here all week, and then the, the MC says, be sure to tip your server very well. Gray, you just keep Absolutely. bouncing in and out of radio because, you know, Gray, most of our shows do have a future focus. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, our, our flagship show that I started in October 2011. But so many of our series have the word future, future of cars, future of the future, future of mm-hmm. manufacturing, future of utility. So we have to make sure we spread the wealth and get you on all those shows. So, Gray, talk to me. This quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Love the quote. And tell me, how does it apply to chatbots and AI? What are we talking about? Well, when, I, when you first approached me about this idea for the show, I always think that we sort of miss the forest for the trees a lot of times when we talk about business, when we talk about technology. And really what's happening here is that we, we as humans, we use uh, communication, we chat, we use language to reset our brains, to reset ourselves socially. We, this is how we learn. This is how we cooperate. And so the, the chatbot uh, revolution really is set to reset how we do business. It's going to reset how we behave in public and in private. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you just a, a very quick story. About two years ago, I was doing one of the chats on a commercial website in the, the bottom left-hand side of the, the commercial website, and something suddenly happened, and I realized that this whole time I had been talking to a robot. I wasn't actually talking to a person. Uh. And, I, and I accused <laughs> this uh, person or robot. I said, oh, my God, you're a robot. And it, it said, no, I'm not, actually. And so there was this confusion for a minute whether I was actually talking to a person or to a robot. So the confusion itself is something we should also talk about today, this idea that we're, we're resetting the brain and we're resetting ourselves culturally. Very, very interesting. And, and Gray, I, I quoted on one of our radio shows yesterday, I think I quoted, uh, was it Bill Gates who said, if a, if a robot takes over your job, it should be taxed. Okay, so the question is, if a robot isn't willing, a chatbot isn't willing to tell you that it is a bot, which is the last three letters of the word robot, and... Mm-hmm. But it is. How does the robot identify its own persona slash its own being, in quotes? Very interesting. Confusion. I, I like that. And, and you know my, my now, I hopefully, famous story that I can retire retire the story, not me retire, is uh, I get a call at least twice a week from different phone numbers on my cell. 
and on my landline. Yes, I'm one of the dinosaurs who still owns a landline. And the call starts with a pause, and I'll say hello. I don't even answer the phone with my name anymore because I'm pretty sure it's her. I've named her, uh, let's call her, um, I don't know, what's a cute little name? Uh, let's call her uh, Sandra. Okay, Sandra or, uh, or um, uh, uh, Penny. I'm going to call her Penny. I like her Penny. And so there's a pause, and then she says, oh, oh. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my headset wasn't on right. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I want yeah. to – and she goes – but she waits for me to say hello. That's why I try not to say hello when I answer the phone. And her phone number changes to be phone numbers with the same exchange as my cell phone, Gray. My cell yeah. phone starts with 770. She calls me from 770 exchanges now or from 516 area codes where my landline is. And And – I, I hang up on her, of course, but she calls me at least twice a week. It's the same, the same chatbot. Annoying, Gray? Yes? Well, Bonnie, what you're tapping into there, and this is a perfect example, um, this is social engineering, what you've just experienced. And, and what that means, basically, is that um, she, this, this bot or this recording has prompted your empathy for her, right? She's made a mistake, and so suddenly you feel for her. You feel for this person you think has been working all day, and so you let your guard down a little bit. This is how it's designed to, to work. And then you give her the opportunity to, to speak after your empathy sets in. So this kind of social engineering, we're going to see much more of this uh, in the next year uh, to five years. Uh, first, you know, one year to five years out. Well, you know what, Gray? I'm asking her to have empathy for me that I'm too busy for her CRAP and I'm not going to talk to her anymore. So I don't know if she cares, but no matter where I am, I just don't. I just pick up the phone. If I don't say hello, I'm wondering if she's going to bother kicking in and saying, oh, excuse me. Oh, very adorable, by the way. I, I think we'd all love to meet her at some point. Anyway, let's leave that one alone. Thank you, Greg. Great conversation. Starter conversation is our word of the day. And we, by the way, anybody listening, we are human beings on the show today. I am not speaking to any chatbots as far as I know. So let's bring on Robin Curran. He'll have to identify whether he's a bot or a person. SVP of Channels and Alliances at CORE, K-O-R-E. And Robin is in transit. He has his own interesting story today of how he comes to have this conversation with us. And Robin sent us a wonderful quote from Stephen Hawking. This is from just last year, Stephen Hawking, C-H-C-B-E-F-R-S-F-R-S-A, born January 1942, is an English theoretical physicist, also a cosmologist, just like Neil deGrasse Tyson, author and director of research at the Center for Theoretical Cosmology within the University of Cambridge. He's a vigorous supporter of the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics. His scientific works include a collaboration with Roger Penrose on gravitational singularity theory. This is way above my pay grade, guys. In the framework of general relativity, blah, 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 he was the first to set forth the theory of cosmology explained by a union of the general theory of relativity and quantum mechanics. Look it up. Very interesting person. He's a, a survivor of, of many, many challenges and a fascinating man and bright. And here's the quote Robin has selected from Stephen Hawking. Success in creating AI could be the biggest event in the history of our civilization. Period. Robin Kieran, welcome to Game Changers. How are you, Robin? I'm good, Bonnie. How are you? I'm fine. You want to tell us a little story of where you are and how you, where you're calling us from or where we're calling you today? Uh, I think yes, would... great. Uh, so I'm in a truck stop on the Florida Turnpike. I'm, I did make a reservation with a well-known car rental company yesterday. And um, unfortunately, they may have changed their business. They don't rent cars anymore because there are no cars in Fort Lauderdale. So 14 hours in, 
unfortunately, I was able to find one. But uh, I think this maybe gives a few pointers here that we are, there's some simple stuff that we could do that we're failing to do from a customer service perspective. <laughs> and I'm definitely, um, I'm the right person to talk about, about customer service because I went to nine car rental companies this morning <gasps> to try and find oh. a vehicle. Um, oh, so a confirmation from a company that doesn't come through, there's a number of things that very simple steps could make the customer feel happy. So the, the, the quote is, could be the biggest event in the history of our civilization, and I believe it will be, but we're not quite there yet. I think we need to walk before we run. Robin, interesting. I'm wondering if Penny, the uh, the chatbot lady who keeps calling me to sell me something or other, I wonder if that car com- rental company had employed her, if she would have had more empathy for your plight and would have done a more creative job of finding you a ride and not making you call nine car rental companies. What do you think, also, Penny? Just to reflect on that, Bonnie, the, um, yes. one of the characteristics, one of the capabilities that you can derive using artificial intelligence is that of sentiment. And if anybody had been listening to my conversation with this car company, a bot would absolutely have been able to derive that my sentiment was not happy. So, yes, this is one of the things that organizations can leverage to be able to deploy artificial intelligence in that conversational experience. Wow. I, <laughs> wouldn't it be lovely? Wouldn't it absolutely be lovely? And that could be the biggest event in the history of civilization, humanistic sentiment sensing Caring, compassionate, empathetic chatbots who surpass the capability of most humans to be customer service reps. Did I cover it all, Robin Garen? You covered many of the aspects there. There's a few more we can touch on later <laughs> on during the conversation. <laughs> now, I promised that we would ask you briefly, what does CORE do? I know you're on many of our series, but love to have you just tell us, who is CORE, K-O-R-E, what do you do? Yeah, very good. So we actually are core.ai for those looking to try and find us, core.ai. We did rebrand um, relatively recently. So we provide a platform that allows an organization to define, create, train, educate, and extend bots, where a bot is the ability for a human to engage in natural conversation using natural language with a system of record in order to achieve a function, in order to do something that helps the human through a conversational UI. Very interesting. So this is your wheelhouse, as they, as we like to say. Thank you very much. And, and I, I hope you are uh, in, in, a, in a good, safe place. I really do. And, and you're off the road. And yes, good, good, good. So let's circle back to Gray. Gray, you know the question. Where are you calling from today? And what's in your cup? You're drinking something Interesting today, Gray. Anything a, a little unusual? Come on, humor me. I'm not drinking anything unusual unless you consider almond milk and coffee <laughs> unusual. <laughs> uh, I have been. I have realized that I am addicted to coffee, and there is just nothing I can do about it. I think I've given up at this point. Um, nope. So now, what I've started to do is try different types of coffee from different regions. So today is Vienna dark roast. And uh, with almond milk. That sounds interesting. And are you a uh, full calf, half calf, or decaf guy? Oh my gosh! I need as much caffeine as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need full. I ha- I. This is my first cup, and I tend to move on to my second cup after 
lunch because after lunch is when I start writing. Uh, so that actually helps me write. Wow, very, very interesting. Talk about writer's block. Just fuel you up now, Mike. I think we call that high test. I call that high test. Uh, I don't think you're old enough, Gray. I say that with great respect. And I'm not sure Robin is old enough, but used to be back in the day when I was a passenger in my dad's car. We'd go to the gas station. We never had self-service gas stations. OMG. And you'd say to the guy, if you if you had a car that required the good stuff, you'd say, fill it up, high test. That's what you'd say, high test. So when I meet somebody who likes full-calf coffee, I call that high test. So that's that's filling up with the good stuff. Uh, I have to give you the same due respect, Mr. Gray Scott, and ask you, what is SeriousWonder.com? For those of our listeners who amazingly are not familiar with you, what would you tell them? So Serious Wonder is uh, a website based off of emerging technologies. So we basically cover the technologies that are just emerging from universities, from laboratories, um, technologies that maybe you've never heard, heard of before or that sometimes sound like science fiction, but they're actually real. Okay. Sounds like science fiction, but actually real. Uh, sounds like Neil deGrasse Tyson would enjoy talking to you. Have you met him? I have not, um, but I respect his work, and he is... Um, you know he's a leader in the in the in the thought field of of time and space and perception and uh, I think his, some of his ideas are really interesting. I think so. I think we ought to extend an invitation. Do you want to do it? Do you want to reach out and say we'd love to have him on Coffee Break with Game Changers? I know he loves TV. I don't know if he loves radio. Should we give it a try? What do you think? Yeah, I think. Um, have you? I'm not <laughs> sure if you've ever heard of his his show Star Talk. I think that's one of yeah. his shows. Yeah, I yeah. love. I actually went to see it here in New York City. I think we need to do an outreach to Neil deGrasse Tyson and see if he would come. Thank you, Gray. We'll have to get a campaign to get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show one of these days. I think that would be a real thrill. And Robin Kieran, we know where you are. You're pulled over at a truck stop <laughs> on the Florida Turnpike. Bless you. What do you drink? I won't even ask what you're drinking. I don't even think I want to well, know that you are. What would you like to be drinking? <laughs> What would you love to yeah, be drinking a, right now? It's a gas station cappuccino, so it is by definition <laughs> rather unusual. <laughs> gas station cappuccino. I've never heard it quite put that way. Oh, my. Well, yeah. I, you know, guys, all I'm drinking, they don't let me near caffeine on radio show days. And today, now, now we really know why. Because I'm talking to such high-powered, high-test brainiacs, the two of you. I consider you both uh, very, very on the high end. I wonder if, if chatbots – oh, Gray Scott, question – would chatbots have an IQ? Huh? Do they have an <laughs> IQ? Do, if, if I think that's really an interesting question, Bonnie, because yeah. um, we also have to think about when you're designing a chatbot, who are you talking to, right? Who is the chatbot right. trying to communicate with? Do we want chatbots that are communicating with preschoolers to use the same language and context as it would for someone in an undergraduate situation. Yeah. So what you're, what you're saying and what you're tapping into there is a very interesting thing that we can talk about a little bit later if you want, but we do need to adjust the chatbots to deal with the actual person that they're communicating with. So in a lot of ways, the chatbots need to know who uh, they're speaking with and what is the most comfortable context to put the language in. 
It is an interesting question. I was just thinking about it. I wonder if there will be a Mensa for chatbots. What do you think, Gray? Could there be a Mensa where where the robots or the chatbots or whatever they look like would have, well, in the old days when I went to one Mensa, yes, I am a card-carrying Mensa member from back in the day. I went to one meeting and never went back. There were too many people with pocket protectors. Gray, you you wouldn't remember that. Robin, do you remember people, uh, scientists walking around with pocket protectors so that the blue ink pen wouldn't wouldn't, uh, leak onto their white shirt? Do you remember those? I've, I've seen them on old movies, Bonnie. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't very diplomatic, but you certainly put me in my place, sir, and I sit, I sit, cor- I sit corrected. Anyway, the, the pocket protectors and the plaid lunchboxes scared me, and I never went back. But I'm wondering if there would be a Mensa if you would say to your to your body, your chatbot, so are you a card-carrying member of, of Mensa.ai? I don't know. We're getting off into an interesting topic, but there are so many places to take this conversation. Right now, we're going to take it to a very quick break, so I'm going to simply Please say, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I don't know. We have to think of more ways people could be listening to the shows. Gray, you can help me with that. That app, that dot, that that bot. Maybe that. Maybe they're listening through a bot. I don't know. Or a chat something or other. Anyway, all I can say is to Kevin, our engineer. Kevin, take us out for 90 seconds. We're going to come back with a lot more. Our conversation is connecting people to technology AI, artificial intelligence, and the conversational era, part two, speaking with Gray Scott at SeriousWonder.com and Robin Kieran, K-E-R-A-R-O-N, K-E-R-O-N, at core.ai. We got that right. So we'll be right back. Don't even think about not being back when we come back. Kevin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. Here we are speaking with two of our favorite futurist slash AI experts slash, slash chatbot friendly people. Grace Scott at SeriousWonder.com and Robin Kieran at Core, K-R-E dot A-I. Okay, let's look at the notes Grace Scott sent me from before the show. And here's a very profound statement. I'm going to tweet this one, Gray. Gray says, humans need to chat. This fireside rambling helps reset our brains and adjust socially. We're doing the same thing with our machines now. We're helping them, and they are helping us. A lot of interesting things here. Gray, why don't you take us through this navigation? Thanks, Bonnie. I mean... Part of what we're seeing right now is, um, if you look around uh, the world today, everyone's looking down at their phones. Everyone's texting. They're having this sort of intimate relationship with this device. And what's starting to happen is that many of these people uh, unknowingly are starting to have uh, these conversations with artificial intelligent chatbots. Some people know they're having these conversations and some people don't. Um, I assume at this point that at least two or three of my quote-unquote friends on Facebook are actually chatbots. Uh, I've been suspecting, suspecting it for a while, uh, and I've not addressed it, and I've not actually uh, confronted these, <laughs> these supposed uh, chatbots, wow. but it's starting to dawn on me that some of these uh, profiles are actually chatbots. Uh, I have this feeling that in the near future, uh, we will all have a personal chatbot um, that could probably change personalities depending on the situation. You and I have talked about this before mm-hmm. on one of the other shows about how each chatbot could have its own personality, and each of those ch- each of those personalities could shift depending on the scenario. So, for example, you don't want your chatbot that's talking to you in a personal setting to speak to you the same way in a business setting. And so these are the kinds of sort of deep dives that we're going to have to take to figure out what is the purpose of these chatbots and how far can we take uh, the technology. I also think that um, we don't realize how important chatting uh, and conversation and language is in adjusting to changes in our lives. What's the first thing we do when we have some sort of major life event? We call our friends. We go face-to-face with family members, and we talk it out. We chat it out. And I think technology is going, is going to augment that process. So the, the chatbot of the future is also going to become your best friend. It's going to become a family member. And it's going to, be, it's going to become very, very intimate, the relationship that we're going to have with these machines. Interesting. A family member. What if you need somebody to cook spaghetti or, or uh, goulash for on a Sunday dinner and nobody's around? Do you have a chair for the chatbot and you put up some kind of a picture of what you think they look like? I'm, I'm half serious, Gray, because if that's what they're going to be doing for us, don't we need to see something? Well, if you remember the movie Her... Um, yes, I do. In the, in the, in the film... 
he actually took her to the beach. Do you remember this? He put, he put his phone in his pocket so that she could see the beach. So they experienced the beach together. So even though she doesn't, in the movie, even though her didn't have a body, he augmented her ability to move around in the environment. So even though we think that, that chatbots are augmenting our behavior, we are also mm-hmm. augmenting their behavior, which is even more bizarre. It, it is. It's interesting. Uh, it's a challenge. And when we look at some people and say, they are nuts, we might not say that anymore. We might say, isn't Grace got clever? Look at that. He's got this bot on this box he's bringing along, and he's talking to her or him or them and showing them, hey, look, this is what the waves look like. I'm trying mm-hmm. to not imitate you, yeah. Grace. And, and people would say, you know, call, call nine, call whatever the, the helpline is to get this guy off the beach. He's scaring our children. Everybody might be doing it. Fascinating. Everybody. Everybody. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob and Kieran, we need to get your thoughts on this. Would you take your bot to the beach and, and let them cavort and uh, gyre and gimbal in the wave? Ah, well, I guess our interpretation of that is that we think bots should be omnipresent. Um, if I want to engage with a bot through text messaging, it should be done. If I want to have an email with my boss, I, if my bot has a Skype ID or a Cisco Spark ID or a Slack ID, we believe that a bot should be there for the human to interact with them. So in many ways, yes, Bonnie, the bot should be wherever you are during your day, which may go from channel to channel from a website to a messaging app. So, yes, they should be omnipresent. I do have to comment on the Mensa IQ. So yes. I, I think to a large extent <laughs> we're going to see that the IQ of the bot is a direct reflection of the IQ of the developer or the creator of that bot. In the case of Penny, um, if Penny's interacted with you, Bonnie, before, and it sounds like she does frequently, she really yes. should remember your name. And so a bot <laughs> should, should surely have memory and this is something that is relatively easily done to make sure that the next time Penny interacts, she has context of the earlier conversation. She has memory to know what it is she was trying to get you to buy or whatever the conversation was about. She needs to be able to understand. Chatbot sounds a little bit um, of a throwaway, kind of a, 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 a trivial experience. We yeah. believe a chatbot should actually have the function, the ability to do something, to execute something, to make a new car reservation without being perseverant around that point, <laughs> the ability to do something that the human wants to have achieved. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, Robin, if you had to prop up that chatbot at Sunday dinner, what would that chatbot look like? Would, would it be Penny? Would it be Would it be uh, Paul? Would it be who? Who would it be? Your favorite chatbot? How would you name him or her? 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 Oh uh, well, I think I mentioned this in the last show. We do have our own favorite chatbot, and we call her Cora, K O R A, and and she can exist in various manifestations, not uh, typically the channel within which. She is talking to us, so she's omnipresent. She doesn't necessarily have a physical form. She's there wherever we need to engage with her. Very interesting. Gray, you want to comment on Cora or anything else before I move on to a topic from Robin? Well, I love the idea of omnipresence um, and being able to jump from platform to platform. Uh, This sort of ties into the Internet of Things as well because Mm -hmm. I think our chatbots will probably use the Internet of Things as the sort of superhighway for them to sort of follow us around. So, you know, it it will be able to jump from 
your smart desk to your smart uh, watch to your smart glasses and constantly be there with you. So it's not something that uh, is hooked to one hardware device. It's something that is a software application that can probably jump from thing to thing uh, following you. And, and that omnipresence is really fascinating because it gets to know us uh, in ways that we probably you know, have never experienced before. Interesting. Thank you, Gray. And Robin, I'm looking at your notes, and I just want to cover how AI can be deployed today in practical terms. You've got a list of six, I don't know whether to call them qualities or qualifications. I'm just going to, I know you're in a car. Do you want me to read what what's in the notes, uh, Robin, or, or do you want to comment on each of them as I go through them? Yeah, well, I have it right in front of me, so I oh, have to, my. to go through what we believe those capabilities should be. Wonderful. So let me just rattle off the six, and then I'll have you comment, and when you're done, we'll have Gray chime in. So uh, Robin says, AI can be deployed today in practical terms. Number one, intent. Number two, entities. Number three, memory. And these are not in a numerical order, rather than I'm just telling you how many there are. Number four, context. Number five, pause. And number six, sentiment. We've covered a little bit of this, but I'd love to have this as a definition definition group. So, Robin, please tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's think, um, one of my favorites is I want to take a vacation. So, my intent is that I need to take time off. But unless I've said when I want to take time off, that's not a full statement. So, a bot would typically say, okay, when would you like to take vacation? So, the entities or the properties or the values of that human statement need to be qualified with specific information. So the intent is I want a vacation, I want to take a vacation next Tuesday would be an entity associated with that intent. Um, memory's obvious, right? So when Penny calls you Bonnie, Penny should really know and remember that your name's Bonnie and not have to wait for you to say your name. Uh, mm-hmm. Context, you know, through a conversation each utterance, each statement to and from the bottom of the human may refer to something that's already been established. So the context of the conversation should be aware, the bot should be aware ultimately of what the human's trying to say and do. <clears throat> Even though that one statement may not refer, it should be kind of, the context of the conversation should be known to the bot. Pause and regime's obvious, right? As humans, I may start to do something and then something jumps into my mind and I need to go off and do something else very quickly. And once I've done that, I want to continue with what I was doing previously. So pause and resume. And then sentiment. Yes, if I'm an angry customer, just to take a specific example, and I'm using words that, that show that I'm confused or angry or, or joyous or happy, surely a bot should be able to use that sentiment in order to direct my conversation down one path or another. And so sentiment analysis real-time is rather important to help a bot become human-like. Not human, human-like. Human-like. Very interesting. I, I, thank you, Robin. I can't believe you're so prepared. You have it in front of you in the car at the truck stop on the Florida Turnpike. You rock. Uh, Gray Scott, love to get your thoughts. Intent, entities, memory, context, pause, sentiment. Gray, any, any or all comments on that list? Do you agree? Do you want to add anything else? I think all of those things are necessary to have an authentic conversation uh, with an AI or with a chatbot. And I think also, too, we have to remember how important memory is in formation of relationships. So you want a chatbot to randomly, right, without being even um, prompted, you want the chatbot to chime in and say, 
tell me about that time that you went to the beach with your parents when you were 12. I love that story, and I would love to hear it again. That kind of um, bonding in memory recall is extremely important in, in formation of relationships, and especially deep relationships. It, it, it creates trust. It creates this feeling that the bot understands you. It understands what's important to you, and it cares. Now, here's the, here's the even deeper part of this. We have to create bots that actually feel like they genuinely care about our stories and about what we're saying. And if you can do all of that, then we're on the track to something uh, that's really authentic. So is it a bot that does genuinely care or that just appears to genuinely care? Because we all know when you go to a party, Gray, people say, oh, Gray, you're looking wonderful. And underneath your breath, you're saying, yeah, right, you could give a damn about me. But, but <laughs> you, you know, that's, that's you, you, the you glass know. half empty, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a techno-optimist, so you have to be careful when you're talking to me about this stuff. Um, oh, I. <laughs> Okay, so now you're getting into, are these machines conscious? And, of course, we know that they're not conscious as of yet. But, you know, animism is, is rampant in the AI community. I mean, we're infusing our devices with the, the, the idea of personhood all the time. I mean, you know, people's, their phones are their best friends. I mean, think about mm-hmm. it. Very. <laughs> I, I was at a Seder Monday night. There were 11 of us. Six of them were under the age of 25. I guess they range from uh, 21 to maybe 21 to 26. Six of the 11. There were, two of them were in their 50s and the rest of us were over 60. And I got to tell you, other than the man next to me who was in his late 80s, every 10 had their phones on the table. And I thought, what is not, what we could say this is sacred. It's a Seder for goodness sake. And we all had our phones out on the table and they were texting back and forth. We were still paying attention, of course, but that is so much a part. So Gray, in that sense, we didn't have 11 at the Seder. We had 11 plus 10. We had 21 at the Seder, right? Absolutely. And, and imagine a chat bot that could be watching the event and maybe later on say to you, hey, Bonnie, how did you feel about that comment that so-and-so made? Yes. Uh, I remember blah, blah, blah. And they, they, re- they tell a story that you had told the chatbot a long time ago. And you might even say, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about that. Because human memory is actually very fragile. I would love that. Our- <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, know what? I would love that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, mem- memory itself is very fragile in humans, and having a, having a machine that has perfect recall, uh, could, I think that's going to change our culture. Gray, what would be interesting is, I- I'm sure you, Robin probably, you've been in a conversation with someone and you remembered something small, a key, a phrase, a sentiment, something they said, a nuance, and later on, it could be 10 minutes or five years later, you, something comes up and it triggers a piece of that memory in you and you want to remind the person, but you said or but you told me or but you remember when we were at the, the park or remember when we went to the Neil deGrasse Tyson a, a conversation, <laughs> a convention in, in New York City at the Museum of Natural History at the Hayden Planetarium and I looked at you and you said, I don't really believe, blah, blah, blah. And the person says, Gray, you're, you're imagining it. I never said that. What if you could take out your little 
thing with the chatbot on it, your thing being your phone or your iPad or some digital device, Gray, and the chatbot would say, October 21st, 2006, Gray Scott and uh, Mm -hmm. Mary Jones sitting in seats A3, A4, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Hayden Planetarium, New York City, lights going down. And Gray said, what do you think? And Mary Jones said, not much looks phony to me. (laughs) And you played that back for me. I mean, if you think that's bad, wait until (laughs) divorce lawyers get a hold of these chatbots. Oh, (laughs) OMG, you know, there's a, uh, used to be a TV show on uh, CBS called The Good Wife. And it uh-huh. now is an access only. I have to pay to watch it on CBS All Access. It's called The Good Fight now. And Christine Baranski, who was Diane Lockhart, is, is still Diane Lockhart. And it's a whole new cast of characters except for two or three cross- pullovers from, from the old show. And uh, Robin, um, um, Elspeth Tassioni, played by a, a marvelous actress. I'll think of her name in a second. Flaming Redhead. I love redheads because I am one. Uh, she has a... Not a Siri. What do you call the the box that you say, okay, play such and such a song? You know, it's a circular Alexa. thing you put. Alexa. Not Alexa. But it's like the home. It's like the, the home. Would you call it home? And it, it, you sit it on a desk and you tell it what to play and what to say. And she she's such an unconventional lawyer, this Tassioni, that she rents a, an examining room at a pediatrics office for her law office and has beach chairs for her visitors. And when she wants to hide a conversation, she'll tell this home bot to play some kind of music so it drowns out anybody trying to listen to the conversation but unfortunately voices are captured in the background and it does come back to haunt people so i just it's there it's it's in popular tv a little bit at a time good conversation let's see we have plenty of time left robin i'm looking at a very important statement here in your notes of course they're all important yours and gray's you say we're not yet at the stage of seeding control to bots but it's important to distinguish between fact and fiction. The power of AI is still in our hands. Self-generating intelligence is in the labs. Neural networks are being used to emulate the brain, but applied AI is where we are today. Robin, can you take us through the the science and the control part of this, please? Yeah, so I mean, it speaks to our focus and um, without plugging too much, obviously we're here because of our relationship with SAP. So we're focused on things that are achievable, a doable. I'm, uh, I'm a sales guy. I'm using SAP and I want my bot to help me do my job. So these are very practical um, or I'm employed at scheduling a work order or I want to take a vacation or I want to approve a purchase order or things that are practical. Um, these are doable today. These are not future statements. There's clearly neural networks are going to allow us to trigger the memory that we thought we'd forgotten but now 15 years later, the, the brain will tell us, and therefore, potentially, in the future, a neural network will allow us to emulate that. But I think, yeah, the context here is that there's some simple things that we're still not doing very well, particularly in, let's say, customer service with car rental companies. There are simple mm-hmm. things that we can achieve with bots today that would make a meaningful impact in the experience of the user to be able to help a human do something. And I would suggest let's focus on achieving those things today, the power is in our hands to do that. Um, we talked, actually, Greg just mentioned IoT. So we're doing with a customer today the ability to walk up to a piece of machinery, in this case a big crane, and go up and say, how are you feeling today? And because of the bot on our device and the interaction between that bot based on proximity to that device, to that thing, I'm able to say, without climbing into the cabin and undoing a panel and 
squeezing and getting a flashlight out to read a reading, I can get things from that machine that are important for me to do maintenance, to do my job. So I think yeah, I'm coming at this as let's not run and fall over flat on our face. Let's achieve the power of the things that we can do today. Very interesting. And, and I guess the question is, at what point do we cede control? Grace Scott, what are your thoughts? I know you're the optimistic futurist, you said, but at what point do they get out of control? Is that going to happen? Is this going to be the next evil power grab by somebody we haven't even met on the world stage yet? What they call a, a, an evil actor? What do you think? Well, there, there have always been bad actors uh, throughout history. We know that. Um, and I think that's why it's even more important for people who are coding and developing these AI to not only uh, do the job that they're required to do, but also we should be coding these machines to be on the lookout for bad actors and mm -hmm. to be assessing those bad actors before they get a chance to change the codes. And so, for example, I mean, I love I loved the, that story of, like, walking up to a crane and saying, you know, how are you feeling today, right? So that, that's a good actor. That's someone who is concerned whether the crane is going to work properly and, and they're concerned whether the crane is going to be safe. If you have a bad actor that walks up to the crane and says, I don't care how you feel, I need you to let me in because I need to change your code because I want you to demolish that building for me. Mm -hmm. That AI, that, that code, that chatbot, whatever that, that system is, should be on the lookout for that. It should say and communicate as those things are happening so that the bad actors never get a chance to get there. So I do think there's a level of security that the, the chatbots are going to implement if we don't do it ourselves. Interesting. In, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have the bad actors on, on stage, on TV and film, as well as in, in the real world where they have power. But that would be very interesting. Robin, what do you think about coding? And, and then the question is, how do you define the bad actor? Who is writing the code? What yeah, do the people paying the bills? What do you think? Yeah, so maybe there's a couple more things I should have added to the list of things that bots um, should be capable of, of providing. Yes. And one is, you spoke earlier on about personality. So if I'm a bank and I want my consumers to be able to engage with me, the terminology that I would use and the, and the style of speech can be different for, depending on the human, depending on the age of a person or depending on the characteristics of the person. So a bot should be able to inherit the personality of the brand and then mm -hmm. use the right language and terminology for the audience, for the human. That's important. Um, but actually what Gray just mentioned, of course, of course, of course, a bot should be able to follow the rules and ensure authentication. And so if somebody is talking to a bot, asking it to do something, that human should be authenticated. In the same way as if they were able to do something in the physical world, are they also able to go in and make a change? You need to authenticate that person before you would allow or should allow it to do anything. Authentication is, is critically important so that you can prevent the bad guys from doing stuff like that. And that's a, that's a constant challenge authentication is critical. Very interesting. Gray, thoughts on authentication? Anything you want to add to that? I do. I think that's a, a wonderful way of putting it. I would take that even further and say that what we, what we need to look at in the future um, is we need to have bots that authenticate intention. That's what we need to be looking at. What is the intention of the user? 
And this is where behavioral science is going to come in. This is where big data is going to come in. Because a lot of these hackers in the future, it's not going to be so much about coding. It's going to be how do, how do you talk to a machine? How do you talk a machine into doing something that it necessarily wouldn't want to do or uh, do naturally because it's not in the best interest of, of the people that it's serving? So I think it's about authentic, authentication of intention. Authentication of intention. Very interesting. Um, I'm looking here at some notes from Robin Kieran. And let me see, Robin, I think I'm in the right place. You say there are many examples. Top of mind is NLP, natural language processing, the ability for a bot to understand the intent of what a human is saying. We can express even a simple thought. Yeah, so talk to me about that rather than me reading these examples. What do you think? Absolutely. And I think that's where, again, that's where we are today. And I think Grace speaking to what may very well come in the not too distant future but today uh, the ability to define the intents that are allowable so to be able to effectively tell the bot here are the 50 things that you should be able to do and if somebody asks you through natural language processing to do something that you don't know how to do or maybe you do know how to do but that particular human is not at the right grade or doesn't have the right access you should not take their intent and ex- execute because of the following rules. And so intent is, is a fundamental step in defining the ability of a bot to do something on behalf of the human with all of the appropriate rules and authentication and privileges that one should associate with that. Gray, agree, disagree? I do agree, and I think it's going to happen uh, a lot faster than we expect. Um, I know that there's a lot of money going towards bots right now, and anytime you have innovation, you have disruption. And that disruption, I think, is going to happen in the stage of a deeper personality set uh, for these chatbots. Um, I have yet to have a chatbot that could do what we're, what we're describing on this show on the deeper level. Like I haven't had a chatbot say to me, tell me about that trip to the beach, right? I haven't had a chatbot that can recall a conversation in perfect detail uh, and remind me of a, a memory that I had forgotten or make me feel like it's an authentic entity. So we're still not at that stage yet, but I think that's going to happen really, really quickly because a lot of people are working on this. Interesting. Um, Speaking of intent, we're just about at our predictions round, but I think we've been really talking very future-focused here. Uh, On on an optimistic and maybe a sad note, I I don't know if you both know, my mother passed away three weeks ago, and I wish that there had been a bot that I could have given her sentiment and her qualities to to have a conversation with. It might sound creepy, but it would be nice for me to be able to hear her and have some sentiment. Is is that an application we want to stay away from? Gray, just a quick thought on that. Uh, well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that, Bonnie. Um, Thank you. And I, I absolutely understand what you're saying because a lot of us have lost family members along the way or friends. And, um, the, you know, it's that classic tears in rain from, from Blade Runner. It's like the memories are gone when the person is gone. And, and there are lots of times that you would yes. love to have the person um, recall the memories that are important to them right? And to be able to go back and listen to those memories. And I do think in the future, you're going to have bots that are going to capture personality, capture memories of our loved ones, and uh, 
that's going to be one of our most prized possessions in the future. I, I agree. Robin, quick thought on that, and then I'm going to quickly give each of you all about yeah, 60 sorry, seconds my for predictions. Yeah, sorry, my condolences, I've been Thank through you. that. It's, um, it's, it's a tough time. Uh, yes, So, you know, technology, we, we do today have the ability to capture voice. So we could um, train a bot to have, the, to have the same inflection, to be able to use the words and the patterns and the sounds of people. So you could absolutely, without stretching the mind at all, have today a bot that could speak to you, you know, in a familiar way. Um, and that would include the snippets of memory that you would capture. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe over time, machine learning would allow you to capture vast amounts of those. Um, but today, it's quite practical to be able to include certain idioms and phrases that you would remember uh, fondly. Uh, that, that's not a far stretch at all. Thank you very much. And now let's go to a, a optimistic future here. I'm give you each 60 seconds. That's all I have. But you've both done it so many times. Gray Scott, I love 2020. You already know that. What do you think will be different about chatbots, about this whole idea of AI and conversation, human interaction with bots sitting at the table, going to the beach with us, remembering our loved ones, all of the above and anything else, and detecting unauthentic, ingenuine people, ungenuine people, bad actors on the world stage. So, Grace Scott, what will be different 2020 chatbot? 60 seconds, go. Well, I think we're going to see lots of uh, various relationships with our chatbots in the future. So I'll give you a quick um, blast of what I'm, I'm thinking will happen. I think we will see uh, intimate relationships with our chatbots. I think we'll see therapeutic relationships. I think you're going to see uh, chatbot jealousy. Uh, when chatbots show favoritism to strangers or new people that may come in the conversation. I think you're going to see um, marriages between chatbots and humans, as strange as that sounds. We're seeing the precursors of this now with virtual reality avatar girlfriends and boyfriends. Uh, I think you're going to see a deeper relationship with people who have passed on, who have captured what we've been talking about, captured those personalities. And even creating new memories with that old personality of the person that has passed on. Wow. Is that coming by 2020? you got to tell me fast, Gray. Seriously, oh, that absolutely. fast? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Now you're scaring me. I, I wonder if you could teach a bot to send a remote taser if somebody is you're with at a party is flirting with somebody you don't like. <laughs> all of a sudden it's a taser, Bob. <laughs> okay, Robin. No, okay, okay, Sandra. Can't talk to you anymore. Uh, Bonnie's just tasered me. I have to go back and say, anyway, never mind. I'm not the jazz type. Yeah, right, Robin. Karen, talk to me. Prediction six. So actually, 60 I'm not going to disagree at all with Gray. I think 2020 is it's quite a long way away. Uh, it'll be here before we know it, but it's quite a long way away. I, I would just wish that even in this year, in the next three to six months, the simple stuff that could so easily be done, companies can start taking advantage of that. So even today, with what we have, the ability to notify a customer when a service that was promised is not delivered, I, I'd like to let's just walk before we start running. By 2020, I think that experience, I think the ability for personality to show through, I think the ability to have the backstory so that when you talk to a bot, and you know it's a bot, but when you talk to a bot, you're not just um, focused on the two or three customer services issues or what's my balance or move some funds and pragmatic stuff, but also to be able to engage in that backstory. Uh, you know, where is the bot born or when did you, where did you go to school or what's your favorite food and, and have that sort of chat which does exist um, to some extent today, I think by 2020 we're going to get very close to what Gray just described. 
Wow, very, very interesting, very profound. I can't thank the both of you enough. I've, I really enjoyed the conversation. Very flowing, very comfortable, very casual. I hope our listeners around the world really got into the possibilities, the opportunities for good, more good, for good, better, best, as well as for a little bit of ah on chatbots of the future. Grace Scott, serious wonder. You are seriously a wonder, Grace Scott, and I really appreciate it. I think you're going to be on another show with me tomorrow, so I won't say goodbye for too long. Robin and get back on the road, drive safely, uh, enjoy the rest of your trip. I hope you're in a wonderful car, and I hope they paid for it. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'll be back tomorrow with two shows live here on the Business Channel, one at 10 a.m. Eastern and one at 2 p.m. Eastern. See you then, and thank you. Shout out to Frank, Diana, TCS, who couldn't join us today. Frank, hope you get to hear the podcast, and Kevin at World Talk Radio, thank you very much. It's time to say goodbye. So fasten your seatbelt. Robin, I'm talking to you. Robin Kieran in that car. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Drive safely on the Florida Turnpike, but while you're at it, continue to go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign SAPRADIO. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.